everyone. I'm Nairi, your host with The Avanti Woman, and welcome to our podcast. The Avanti Woman is a platform dedicated and designed to empower, connect, and build women to move forward, feel confident, and thrive in four areas, healthcare, finance, entrepreneurship, and philanthropy. Today, we will be discussing and focusing in the area of entrepreneurship, and I'm super excited to have my good friend and colleague, Sarah Chitag, an amazing woman, mother, entrepreneur, business owner, banker, oh my God, it goes on and on. And she will be leading today's discussion. Well, you know, no wonder they call her a phenomenal woman. Look at her, she does it all <laughs> and with so much ease and grace. Thank um, you. Of course, Sarah. So just recently, Sarah and I were chatting and um, we thought that business formation is you know, one of the fundamentals to any business foundation. Uh, we wondered, does every entrepreneur really know how important it is, but at the same time, how easily a business could be formed? Well, Sarah has a great discussion in store for all of us, and I know I'm excited and cannot wait to hear all about it. Sarah, the floor is yours. Take it away. Well, thank you very much, uh, Nadia. I really appreciate the kind words. Um, I'd like to welcome our listeners to our first podcast in a four-part series to discuss the legal aspect of your business. I know from my experience, along with my friends, we have all had a dream of owning our own business, which is exciting. However, there's always uh, various aspects that we need to establish to protect our business and ourselves. Our focus today, the first of a four-part series, is to discuss business structure which includes the type of structure, naming your entity, registering your business, and knowing what type, what to expect or keep in mind while your business is growing. Today, we have with us a very special guest, Jordana Karim from Encore Law Group, located in Los Angeles, California, who specializes in corporate transactions and business law. I'd like to welcome our guest and expert, Jordana Karim. Jordana, it is so good to have you with us here today. I really appreciate you taking, sharing your expertise with us to become aware of the benefits and potential pitfalls when establishing and growing your business. Jordana, can you share a little about yourself and why you entered into the field of law? Yeah, of course. Thank you so much, Nairi and Sarah, for um, you know giving me the opportunity to come and discuss a little bit. Um, so my name is Dordana Kareem. I am an attorney working at Encore Law Group. I grew up in Los Angeles, California, um, but I was actually born in a country called Bangladesh. Um, so coming from a family of immigrants and being an immigrant myself, education was very important to me. Um, I earned my undergraduate degree at UCLA and then took a few years off and and, um, decided to go to law school. When I started law school, I actually wanted to do public interest law, but I really loved a lot of the corporate law classes we had at Loyola. Um, I took, you know, business law, um, mergers and acquisitions, securities law, so I really enjoyed that and got a corporate law concentration. Um, and so right now, I've been working about over two years as an attorney at Encore Law Group, which 
as you had explained, Sarah, that specializes in um, corporate transaction and biz business litigation. Um, and so, you know, being a woman of color, my passion has always been to support communities of color and marginalized communities. Um, so I really love the fact that um, the type of work that I'm doing right now, it does support women owned and minority owned businesses. Um, and, you know, living in Los Angeles, there's so much innovative opportunities for these businesses. Um, so it's just it's amazing to, to be able to be part of that. That's wonderful. Gordana, I'm so happy that you joined uh, our podcast today. You really are a wonderful example of a female who achieves her dream and wants to help other women achieve theirs as well. Zerdana, uh, can you share with us um, what type of law you specialize in specifically and what, um, you know, what, how you help your clients? So um, I specialize in business and corporate transaction, and this includes providing legal services for early stage startups and entrepreneurs um, to more mature companies. Um, so we provide legal advice and um, services for clients from basic entity structure and formation to um, helping them get uh, investment raises um, to doing mergers and acquisition, intellectual property rights, making sure that their business is compliant with all of the California um, employment laws. And so our clients come from a number of industries, including technology, real estate, healthcare, restaurant, retail, and professional services. That's great. I don't know how everyone else feels, but I know when I first started my own business, I was not familiar with all the legalese. Um, and I don't even know, is that really a word, legalese? Um, so, Jordana, why don't we begin our discussion with the basics? Um, what is an entity and what is a business structure? I actually thought they were one of the same. So help us out. <laughs> yes, of course. So an entity is basically when you have a separate legal structure, separate from what you're doing as a business owner to the actual business you're providing. Um, so that's usually creating some type of um, a company, like an LLC or limited liability company, which we'll go into a little bit more discussion or corporation. A business structure is the type of entity that you have formed. And so there are, are generally four different types of business structures. Um, yeah. Okay. Now, um, I know we're going to talk about liabilities more during this podcast and the, the series that we have planned. But before we do that, um, let's start from the uh, the next question that I had uh, when I started my own business, which is how do I determine the type of structure that I should have and what are they? So, you know, um, you know, what are those? How do I determine it? That's a good question. I have the same. Yeah, same yeah of course. So um, before I do begin, I do just want to let you know that this is um, just a discussion. It's not a legal advice. So we always recommend everyone to speak with an attorney at the specific state. I am a California licensed attorney, so I can kind of only speak about California laws and, you know, local regulations in the state. Um, so we always recommend everyone to speak with um, a uh, an attorney practicing in their state, um, especially if they're doing business in that specific state. 
So, so the type of business that you choose, it really depends. And this is why speaking with an attorney is important just to get that advice, but it really depends on one, the type of business you're doing, what type of service you're providing, what type of product you're selling, because certain products and services are heavily regulated. And so you want to make sure that you have the permits and licenses, um, the type of industry that you're in, um, the tax consideration, um, also your current future goals and whether you want to actually get any type of investment funding um, from another individual or you want to get a business loan. Yeah, and we're going to be talking about that later on as well, uh, you know, the future about um, podcasts about business loans and, and equity and things of that nature. But let's start out, can you give us an example of, you know, when, how those come into play? Maybe you can share, share a little about that for us, with us. Sure. So let's say for an example, um, you are trying to do an uh, online e-commerce business and you do not currently have any plans to hire employees. It's just you yourself. Um, you don't want to really get any type of uh, outside funding or maybe you might get just a small SBA loan. Um, for this type of business, we usually recommend forming either an S corporation or an LLC. Um, this prevents from C corporations really are double, there's a double taxation and S corporation LLC is a pass through form of taxation. So individuals um, are basically the profits and losses of that business are passed through to the individual taxes. And so you're saving on taxes there. Um, LLCs are also very flexible. Um, you, If you do in the future want to have employees and you want to issue equity or interest for the employees to incentivize the employees to work there. You're able to do that without having to amend something called the articles, um, which is filed with the Secretary of State when you form a company. Um, so there, you can also um, change the distribution structure. Um, uh, certain types of, I think, uh, businesses also, let's say you're getting appreciating assets. This includes real estate property, um, intellectual property, they're usually also held in an LLC. Um, a lot of entertainers um, will typically form S corporation as a loan out corporation. That's usually um, something we, we do in, in the entertainment industry. Okay. That's great. Um, thank you uh, for that. So maybe let's, let's discuss the four types. You mentioned that there's four different types of structure and um, and thank you for the reminder that each state has its own uh, specific laws and to you know speak to their attorney in that state. But can you highlight for us and for the owner, you know, what does an owner need to know uh, highlighting the four different types of structure that's available? Sure. So um, the four types of different business structures are a sole proprietor, general partnership, um, a limited liability company and a corporation. A sole proprietor um, basically occurs anytime you do business without formally forming an entity. Um, and yeah, that's when you're practicing as a sole proprietor. And this type of business, of course, is less expensive. There's no initial fees when you're forming it, um, but it really does open the individual up to a lot of personal liability because it, there's no separation of a business entity and the individual who's um, the owner or providing the services in that business. Um, and really this is, um, it's basically just an individual doing business with a DBA and we'll go into what a, what a DBA is. 
is. So this usually happens, we'll see this when a client has been providing a service or selling a product to a customer and they don't understand that when they're doing that, they can be personally liable if anything happens um, to the business or a client is um, you know, dissatisfied with a service or product. Okay. And then um, the next type of business structure is a partnership or a general partnership. This happens anytime you're doing a business with two or more people and you're sharing profits and losses of that business. Um, so that, at that point, you're acting as a partnership. This is also creating a lot of liability for people who are in that partnership because um, there is something um, that happens in legal terms called joint and several liability um, where, when you're in a partnership, um, which means that you're um, liable. One partner can be liable for the acts of another partner. Okay, well, that, that's, uh, <laughs> that's good to know uh, about partnership. So you really have to choose the right partner and understand what that really means. Um, you know, when we talk about joint and several liability, li how do you say that again? I am sorry. Joint and several liability. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Basically, it means that you can either be liable, one, one partner can be liable, or all the partners can be liable for only the acts of one partner. Um, so it really does create just a huge liability. And generally nowadays you don't see general partnerships. It's That's very like a rare. serious marriage. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, or, you know, you'll, you'll see it when people are actually doing business together, but they haven't formed something and they didn't know they were, you know, <laughs> practicing right. as a general partnership. That's where we've seen it. Um, and so a lot of states have actually now created um, different ways to limit liabilities if you still want to be in a partnership. Um, okay. And that's one of them is a limited partnership. Um, this is where uh, in a part, it's a partnership um, where you have one general partner and that general partner is actually actually a company. So you'll form a uh, limited liability company or an LLC or a corporation and that acts as the manager of that partnership. It has all of the managerial rights. And then you have limited partners who are, um, you know, they have less liability, they won't be liable for the acts of any of the partners. Um, and you get that benefit. The whole benefit of a partnership is the pass through taxation. Um, and we also have something called a limited liability partnership. Um, this is a partnership in which all partners have limited liabilities for the debts and obligations of the limited liability partnership. Um, but everyone also has decision-making or managerial rights in that partnership. Um, usually we see this in most types of professional groups like attorneys, accountants, architects, and engineers. Um, and they're usually practicing in the same profession. So would any other type of profession use an LLP or is it really, um, and, and does it differ state by state? I would say it differs state by state. The one reason you see in California, most of these professional groups practicing as LLPs is because California does not allow these professional groups to um, do business under an LLC. They either have to be a professional corporation or they can be a limited liability partnership. And that's the reason why you see a lot of attorneys, law firms as LLPs or accountants as LLPs um, in a partnership because they do want that power through taxation, very similar to the LLC, um, but they don't want the liability of a general partnership. Okay. So now you mentioned LLC. Tell us a little about the LLCs. 
Sure. So um, the LLC is a business structure that's um, formally. So, so the other two that that I was discussing before, the sole proprietor and the limited liability partnerships and the general partnerships, you necess- you don't usually have to register with the Secretary of State. Um, there are some limited exceptions in California for a limited partnership and limited liability partnership. You do have to register, um, and in California, you do have to obviously register for an LLC. Um, this creates a whole separate legal entity from from the individual owners. Um, The benefit of an LLC is you get a pass-through taxation, it's a great flexible structure, um, and there are no restriction in terms of the ownership compared to some other types of business entities. Um, You, you know, any individual can be the owner, you can have another corporation be the owner of the LLC, you can have another LLC or a foreign entity, um, and Though in California, I will say there are also some restrictions, certain insurance companies, and again, people practicing in licensed professions cannot um, practice as an LLC. I see. Okay, so um, you said insurance, which is uh, near and dear to Nidy's heart and my heart. Um, So, you know, I think maybe Nidy, do you have... you want to ask that question or shall I ask that question? I mean, you know, my question, Jordana, is when you said insurance, so what type of insurance companies cannot be a part it of, would did you say specific, S? It, it, like in insurance companies in terms of, I believe it's business insurance, not business, but insurance companies more when sure. you're providing overall reaching insurance rather than um, just an individual um, doing the service themselves, you know, like so, they're selling... So if you have an, an insurance agency, mm-hmm. um, you know, let's say I own an agency and I uh, provide services for, I don't know, um, life insurance or Medicare, I can have an S corporation, correct? Yes, yes. So S corporations are, are you're, you're able to do that with insurance companies. And if you're providing this, because you're not providing the specific insurance, you're selling. Like, I got you. Yeah, so you're yeah. talking, you, <laughs> you're, you're talking like about. <laughs> yeah, you were talking about the main the main corporation. Sure. For instance, let's sure. say, yeah, I don't want to name names, but yeah, okay, I got it. So ninety, this is good. Check. Yeah, everything is in order. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I know. I was having a heart attack. I'm like, did I do the wrong thing? No, I did not. Thank you for clarifying. Yeah. That. It's very similar to to like a bank. You know, the the bank the bank most banks and trusts they they can't form LLCs, but they're able to do corporations. Um, but if you're providing a certain type of I guess financial services, there may be a way that you could do an LLC, and that's why it's very important to speak with an attorney because yes. they can kind of specifically advise. Not every you know type of of business or service you do um, is the same, you know, regulation. So they're able to navigate the laws, the local, state, and federal laws, and make sure that you know the type of entity you're you're practicing in is proper or doing business in is correct. Wow, great information. Yeah. So Jordana, let's talk about the one that you know I know uh, how I'm formed and probably ninety really quickly because I have a whole bunch of other questions for you. But tell us really quickly about the C-Corp, which we probably don't see a lot of, and then the S-Corp. S-Corp. And then 
And then I've got a whole bunch of other wonderful <laughs> questions for you. <laughs> of course. So C corporations um, are, again, it's another entity in which the owners and the main, the difference between a C corporation and an LLC, both of them you're filing articles with the secretary of state in, in the state that you're forming the business in. Um, but a C corporation, um, the taxation is separate from the corporate level and the um, share, the who the owners are, the shareholders. Okay. And so profits of a corporation is taxed at the corporate level whenever it's earned. And then when you, whenever the corporation will do a distribution or a dividend, um, the shareholders are taxed. Um, and so you get that double taxation um, structure. Um, and corporations aren't unfortunately able to um, uh, uh, deduct any taxes from the whenever they make distribution to shareholders and shareholders aren't able to deduct any losses from the corporations whenever they receive a distribution. Um, and so we see C corporations um, mostly in publicly traded companies, um, companies that are maybe getting large VC financing um, because they get that benefit of having um, several different levels of stock or classes of stock. You can have preferred stock, common stock, voting, non-voting. And so you kind of, um, there's a there's a beneficial aspect in, in having that, um, making sure the founders can have control of the business um, compared to investors who invest in that business. Okay, wonderful. Thank you for that. Um, yeah. and, you know, it's important to know as our business is growing, um, you know, and, and so, how does, um, what should we consider, what should a business consider or when should they consider changing their structure? Is there any point where they should say, hey, here's time for me to go back to my lawyer and um, talk about my business structure? Um, and sure, so anytime you can change a business structure, and before I actually go into that discussion, if I can quickly discuss also the last type of <laughs> business entity, okay. S-corporation, I think we, we um, forgot to mention that an S-corporation is very similar to a regular corporation, but the IRS has established um, uh, these companies to be able to, especially for small businesses, um, they don't want that double taxation. An S-corporation um, has been established by the IRS to allow uh, certain small businesses to have a pass-through taxation um, so they don't get the corporate level um, taxation um, and still uh, get that benefit of being a, corp a corporation. Um, though there are certain limitations, um, you can only be a domestic corporation, you can only have certain types of shareholders, um, uh, 100 shareholders, and again, you can't be a certain types of financial um, institution like banks or certain insurance companies. Um, and so that's, that's the difference between S corporation and C corporation, um, but yes, Sarah, you can you can certainly change um, a business structure. Let's say you formed an LLC to a C corporation, you can convert it. However, we um, we as attorneys, when we are advising our clients about the type of entity that they should form, the different structure, we take into consideration again their current goals, their future goals, um, whether they're going to have employees, what type of tax they can benefit from, um, and so we want to make sure that when we form a company for a client, that that's the company that's going to be, you know, the type of structure that they're going to use for a long term and only convert if it's necessary. Okay, wonderful. I want to go back, Verdana, um, to something you mentioned when we first started the podcast mm -hmm. about DBAs. What mm -hmm. is it and does every business need it or when does a business need it? 
Sure. So um, generally, whenever we try to form a business, we do a name search. So in California, your business, when you, when especially you're forming it with the Secretary of State, it cannot be the same name as any other business that has already formed. Um, so we have to do a name search. Sometimes what happens is that you may want to use a name that um, hasn't been um, registered or you, you've registered with the Secretary of State, but you want to do a business as something else because that's the brand you want to put out. You might have a restaurant in one city and you have a restaurant in another city and you want to use that name um, specific to each city. Um, so that's when you have to uh, file something called um, a DBA, a doing business as, or a fictitious business name filing with the local county registrar that the business is located at. Um, and so a DBA is kind of, it's just, it's a filing that you do with the um, local county registrar. It is very technical. So we again, recommend either speaking with an attorney or using a third party um, kind of agency that handles DBAs. Since you do have to um, get a notarization, do that filing. And there's also certain publication requirements for the DBA. Okay, wonderful, thank you. So is it, is the DBA also protected under the structure? The DBA is protected so long as it is fully registered with the local county um, registrar's office. And, you know, it meets the publication requirements in Los Angeles. I believe you have to publish it with a local newspaper for about four weeks, um, which, you know, as an individual and you're a business owner, you're going to have to go and try to find a local newspaper, do that DBA publication. So we always recommend just having a third party um, agency handle it or attorney handle it. Um, and then it's effective for five years and then you have to renew it. Um, and then it also, again, the five-year requirement is in Los Angeles specifically. There may be other requirements in other um, local counties. Okay, thank you. And um, so thanks for the explanation. So now we know that there is the four different structures that we can talk to our attorney or our attorney will advise us on that. And we've talked about DBA. Now I want to transition a little about liability, which is something that every business owner thinks about is liability. What is the impact? Um, can you help us understand the, the foundation? Um, or let me, I'm sorry, I <laughs> pause there for just a second, but um, what does it mean to protect your personal assets? So how do you separate it from your business and how do you protect it? Sure. Um, so when I was before, um, when I had explained about sole proprietor and partnership, um, how that exposes you to personal liability because you haven't formed a separate entity. You're doing business either with another individual or several other individuals or yourself, and you haven't created any type of other separate legal structure. You're exposing yourself to the pers personal liability um, for the debts and obligation of that business. So if the business ever gets sued, you they, the um, individual a third party can come after your personal assets if you own a home if you have a bank account if you have whatever it may be certain assets that you may have they can go after your personal assets and we that that is one reason why we always say if you're going to do a business especially in a heavily regulated industry and in california you may be required <laughs> to form a, a separate legal um you know an llc or a corporation um, when you do form an llc or corporation you're limiting the liability of your personal assets um, with that of the business obligation and debts. Um, and so because of that distinct separate legal entity that you have. Um, one thing I would say though is 
when when you're doing that, as you had explained, how do you make sure you protect um, your your business from from yourself? You do have to make sure that you separate your business activities with activities of your 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 yourself. Um, so all the assets should not be personal assets, and the business assets shouldn't be commingled. There should always be a separate bank account um, with the business, and it shouldn't also be commingled with another business that um, you may have. Um, you should always keep accurate uh, accounting and records. Um, uh, certain corporations require annual minutes, and so it's very important that you keep that because um, courts in California have, um, and in other states as well, um, seen when businesses aren't doing that and they're commingling, you know, personal activities and assets of, of the individual owner with that of the business. They've been able to say, hey, you know, you're not doing business properly. We can go after, you know, your personal assets at that point. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's really important for us to make sure we have professionals that we can reach out to discuss all these aspects. Um, thank you very much for that advice. Um, but, and, and, and I know we're going to be discussing banking in a future podcast, but is there something else that you recommend for clients to purchase or do while they're starting out, you know, those easy kind of low-hanging fruit things to protect ourselves um, in addition to a business structure? Sure. So outside of, let's say you are in a business that requires business permits um, or licenses outside of that, um, we would you, we usually recommend getting a general liability insurance for the business. Um, this includes, you know, protecting the actual owners who are the members or shareholders, the officers, directors, managers, and agents of that business. Um, if your business in California that's per, um, practicing professional services like a doctor or an attorney, you may actually be required to get um, malpractice insurance, and then it's always always also good to have malpractice insurance. Um, and in California, because California is so employee friendly, a lot of the laws that are passed here are very employee friendly. We always recommend um, to get an employment practice liability insurance. Um, California and some other states also require um, businesses to have uh, workers' compensation insurance if they have employees. Um, Another thing we would recommend also, because if we're in the discussion of employment law, um, if you are in California and you do have employees in California, it's really important to speak with an attorney just to make sure that you're in compliance with all of the local and state laws. Um, you know, making sure you have good employee handbooks, all of the employee documents, you're making sure that your, you know, your business in, is in compliance with um, state and federal wage and hour meal break laws that are here. California also had recently um, updated their worker classification or mo modified their worker classification in terms of, you know, if you classify um, your worker as an employee or independent contractor. And so it's very important that you do speak with an attorney if you do have employees just to make sure you're in compliance because from our business litigation side, we always deal with businesses who were not in compliant when they come to us. Um, and then, you know, they have to deal with the, the other side when they're getting sued. <laughs> so from, from the corporate side, we want to make sure that you're in compliant from the beginning and you don't have to deal with that later on. I remember hearing all about it with the independent contractors versus employee classification. So thank you for that reminder. Um, I want to switch gears a little bit and to about registering one's business. So what does registering mean? Um, you know, when I first heard it, I was like, what do you mean registering my business? And when and why do I need to do that? 
Sure. So when you want when you want to at least practice and you have you want that limitation of liability um, under the LLC um, structure or the corporation structure, you do file you file something called articles, either articles of incorporation or articles of um, organization for the LLC with the Secretary of State, with the local Secretary of State, and that's formally creating your business at that point. Um, uh, at that point, you also obtain something called a tax ID or an EIN, which is um, used to uh, open up a separate corporate business account. Um, and so at that point, that's when you're registering your business. Okay, that's wonderful. Thank you for that. Um, and then should an individual do this on their own or what do you recommend? Yes, yeah, so um, anyone can really actually go online to do this. Um, it is something that you're able to go on to, at least with the, with the, in California, you're able to go on and file the articles, obtain the EIN. But um, we, we, again, recommend speaking with an attorney, one, to see which type of entity that you should form um, to make sure you're in compliance with all of the California rules and regulation. And some of these forms, you know, when, when you do the EIN, you're going to an IRS website and it's very technical. So we wanna, you know, as attorneys, we, we do this all the time. We know what um, information to provide or ask the, our clients. Um, so we wanna make sure that if you are doing or if someone is doing, you know, forming a business that they do speak with an attorney just so that they don't get a rejection or they don't um, have to amend it or make a mistake um, when they're doing that. And, you know, I'm always, <laughs> I don't know about the rest of um, some of your clients, but I know myself, let's say I'm registered, then I'm always wondering, are there any updates? Do I need to do anything else? Is this it? <laughs> um, I'm always thinking about what's the next step <laughs> that I need to do. Of course, right. So um, usually there are um, certain annual things that a business needs to do. Um, this includes uh, filing an annual statement of information for California businesses. Um, if you're a corporation, I believe LLCs are biannual. Um, in Delaware, you actually have to file and pay a franchise tax um, for LLCs um, and corporation. Um, so there are certain annual things or biannual things that um, a business may need to do. Um, also, so just, you know, of course, filing annual taxes and then making sure it, for corporations keeping annual minutes, um, which are um, helpful in terms of making sure that you're separating, again, that business activity with your personal activity. That's great. Um, well, thank you for sharing that. So now we formed our business and we're legally set. We've got our structure. We've got our entity. We've got our DBA if needed. We've registered. Now I'm growing my business. So is there anything we need to consider when our business grows? Yeah. So I love what I love this aspect of it when the business is growing, you know, initially a uh, young, you know, business owner, female business owner may come to us and they're just starting. And, at, you know, once they start growing, we would love for them to, to come back to us to because there are so many other things to ensure that your business is successful, um, at least in the legal aspect of it. And this includes trademarking, trademarking, making sure your intellectual property is protected. Um, all of that really, really helps with the overall brand of the business because we've also seen it where you know business has been running for 20 years and now they want to trademark their name and because some other individual is trademarking and so at that point you might not be able to trademark your your uh, 
your um, name or the type of um, trademark you specifically want to do. Um, so we always recommend, you know, coming back to an attorney or speaking with someone to to see what else what else you can protect in your business, including your intellectual property and your brand. Okay, that's great. Can I ask a question, Sarah? Oh, what, what's what's an advantage of trademarking? Sure. So trademarking really protects um, your intellectual property right. So um, when you're trying, when we're, when I'm talking about intellectual property, this includes also patents, copyrights, all of that. But um, let's say you're, you know, you're practicing as, you know, and like for the M&M brand, you know, I'm just giving an example. Yeah. Um, if M&Ms had not been trademarked for, you know, so many years, that brand is so recognizable with a certain company, right? With a certain business, another individual starts using it. If you don't have a trade of registered trademark with the United States and um, Trademark and Patent Office, um, you do have certain common law rights. Um, but the advantage of trademarking is getting that um, federal registration. Um, and so there are, there again, speak with an attorney because <laughs> we can explain yeah, it a little course. bit better. But there are certain um, advantages because, you know, when you think about a business that has been running for a long time, they want to make sure that they protect their brand. So that is one way that you protect your brand. That is one way you make sure um, that you are um, having your intellectual property rights protected is through trademarking. So to a certain level, you inhibit the um, the competition to a certain level, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Because we, when, let's say another business is um, using your name or um, a slogan or something that you have trademarked, because um, trademarking can also be um, word or it could be images, um, we can send, a lot of attorneys do send a cease and desist letter um, because, you know, they're taking away your clients or clients are getting confused to say, hey, is this, you know, this uh, this brand or this name belongs to this business or does it belong to another business? So um, the way you protect your brand, the way you protect your intellectual property is um, through that trademarking. And then, of course, you know, doing the, the certain requirements in terms of sending a cease and desist letter um, if that ever happens, if there's ever an infringement. So good to know. Thank you. Nighty, that was a very good question. And it's actually going to be one of our topics in our future podcast in our four-part series. So um, wait a second, four-part series, Sarah? A four-part series. <laughs> yeah. so, so tell us, what do you have in store for us next? What do you have lined up? Well, you know, um, we have some wonderful uh, topics lined up. But before we go into that, Nighty, I just want to first thank Dodonna for sharing with us um, her experience and wisdom. I wish, uh, I'll be honest, I wish I knew all of this before I started. And I, I know you gave us a lot to consider. So thank you, Dodonna and Ankara Law Group. And a big thank you to all of our listeners. Um, so, it, it, you know, this was just the first in a four-part series um, and we look forward to having, uh, you know, our listeners join us for our second podcast where we'll be discussing trademarks, licensing, and what I consider a very important topic to all of us ladies, the benefits of registering as a woman-owned business. Ooh, I love it. I love it. I mean, I have to say I was quiet most of the time because this is so much information. And I have to say... Jordana, I have a new level of respect for attorneys. Seriously. 
You guys, I mean, this, this is so much information and, and such valuable information. Thank you so much for being here, for sharing your expertise with, it, with our audience. Sarah, thank you so much. You've prepared such an amazing discussion. And I think all the women out there, uh, female entrepreneurs, this is this is truly valuable, and uh, you know it's it, it's a good way that could lead them to uh, start their businesses, their endeavors on the right path. And um, ladies, you know we heard how important it is to have an advisor, an attorney, and if you don't have one, Encore Law Group, make sure you reach out to them. And uh, thank you so much for our listeners, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Have a wonderful, blessed day. Remember, uh, follow us at The Avanti Woman on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or you can visit us www.theavantiwoman.com. Thank you, and we look forward to seeing you next soon. Mm -hmm.